Jesus, we turn the eyes of our heart to you right now. We thank you that when we see you, all problems fade and melt away. I thank you that kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about your name. We love you, Jesus. We love you this morning, and our hearts are yours, and I pray now, as you have entrusted me to open the word for your people, that Holy Spirit, you will open what is needed for this people, for this hour, for their edification, for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Woo! Glory to God. Are you excited to be fed by the word of God, by Jesus this morning? Jesus want to break, he wants to break some very good fresh bread this morning and feed all of you. Amen? Well, he's been feeding me really well this week, so I'm going to feed you from how he's fed me. Amen? Does that sound like a plan here? Does that sound good? I might be a little more interactive than normal, uh, but don't worry. I won't have too many of you come on stage. Just kidding. Just kidding here. So... We are going to go through a, a passage of scripture. Uh, my favorite gospel is Luke. Let's go to Luke 4, and we're just going to jump in the word right away. Luke 4. And I'm not going to read the whole passage through. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to as I read, we're going to unpack. Does that sound good? Kind of line by line, verse by verse here. Um, this is Luke's gospel. This is in Luke's gospel, the first really miracle of Jesus. Amen? This is the first miracle, okay? And I just want to go through the passage, and, and we're going to unpack what Jesus has for us today. Okay. So then he, speaking of Jesus, went down to Capernaum, a city in Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. I want you to say to your neighbor, down to Capernaum. Say it again, down to Capernaum. Okay. So, little context here. Jesus had just come from what town? Does anyone know? Nazareth, right? Jesus is from Nazareth. He grew up in Nazareth. He went to the synagogue in Nazareth. He found the place in the scroll where it was written, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, those that are bound would be set free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, right? And it says that they amazed and they marveled at him. And then Jesus proceeds to talk about Elijah. And basically, I'm just going to sum up what he just shared. Again, the reason I'm sharing all this is context, context, context. When we're in the Word, it's so important to know what just came before, not just isolated passages. Is that right? Okay. So then Jesus says, you know, in the time of Elijah... Um, basically, God, God came to a widow, right? In the time of, you know, Naaman, he went to Naaman. Basically, he's saying, I, I came for the outsiders. He's saying that in his hometown where Jews were at. And you know what they did? It says they were full with wrath and came after him and tried pushing him off a cliff. But Jesus walked through them supernaturally, and he said, it's time to go to Capernaum. What, I believe this miracle couldn't have happened in Nazareth, but I believe Jesus, by the Spirit, went down to Capernaum because he knew 
that that would be a spiritual climate of faith where he could show forth the Father's glory and do miracles. Amen? And I just want to challenge us today. I, I don't believe Valley Church is a Nazareth church. I believe we're, we're a church like the one in Capernaum. Amen? We believe in signs, miracles, and wonders. We believe that Jesus still heals. We believe that Jesus still casts out demons. Amen. Okay, so verse 32 here. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. I want you to look to your neighbor and say, with authority. Come on, say it with authority. With authority. With authority. Yes. Verse 33. Now in the synagogue... Now, in the synagogue, and I'm just going to kind of use modern-day language. This would be a Jewish synagogue. Now, in church, where the people of God were gathered. This was a church service just like we're having now. There was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. There was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. What kind of demon? Now, if the synagogue... um, priests had a sense of spiritual awareness and knew that there was something unclean, would this man have got in? Likely not. Remember, this is a whole battle that he had with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders, is the unclean stay out, right? There was all the ceremonial laws. But you see, Jesus is the clean one, so when he touches the unclean, it becomes clean, There was a new dispensation, a new era, a new kingdom, a new realm was about to break out on the scene. So I believe it was a miracle by the Spirit that this man was even in church. Amen? If someone has demons, where's the best place for them to be? Church! Amen? Amen. Okay. Okay, here we go. Let's go to the, and so the end of verse 33, and he cried out in a loud voice saying, verse 34, let us alone. We're pausing. It's important that we watch what's going on here. Listen to those words. I want you to ponder them. Because the demon is going to lay his cards out and expose himself for all of his evilness. Let us alone. When in the presence of Jesus, Jesus was present, the presence of God was there. Can we all agree with that? Liquid love was there. Right? And the demon, notice what the demon says. Let us alone. If you read the whole story, only one demon came out. Now, some scholars will say, well, it's probably representing the demons in the area, and he was drawing on those. The scripture never says that. You see, the demonic said, let us alone, because it had taken captive this man, and in the demon's sick and twisted mind, it was us. You see, the demonic attaches so close to us. This is the goal of the demonic. It attaches so close where you go, that's me. Or to put it in another way that the demon might say, this is us now. 
Because the demon already loved lust. But now us lust. Now us anger. Now us pornography. Now us witchcraft. Okay? You might say every demon has multiple personality disorder. Now, I'm going to get to Jesus. Don't worry. I'm going to get to Jesus and his love. Trust me. I always go there. We're going there. But sometimes to understand the power of Jesus and his love, we got to expose the darkness. Amen? We got to see what enemy we're fighting. Okay? Okay. Now, let's look again. I don't want to move on from let us alone. Let us, plural, alone. Demons don't want to be found out. Let us alone. I believe that's the cry of every demon. I want to continue my reign of terror on this man where I'm so bound to him that it's a let us situation that the demon's saying, shoot, Jesus is here. Let us alone. Do you notice the nervousness of this demon? Do you, do you hear it in the demon's voice, in the wording right here? Let us alone. We like what we're doing because the demonic realm does everything in darkness and secret. Right? Think of in your own life when you were in the deepest places of sin, you wanted to hide it. You didn't tell your parents. You didn't tell your spouse. You didn't tell your pastor. Because with darkness, shame attaches. Right? What was the first thing it said of Adam and Eve? We hid because we were afraid. We were ashamed. We were afraid. Okay, moving on. Uh, 34, what do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Again, do you hear the we language? You hear the we language? Notice what the demon says. Jesus of Nazareth. This is good news. Demons know who Jesus is. Let me say it again. Demons know who Jesus is. And they cower and they're terrified at the presence and name of Jesus. This is good news. Demons know. They know that man. They know that God. They know Jesus. They may not know a lot of other people, but they know who Jesus is. Okay, keep going. So notice this next phrase. Did you come to destroy us? Again, plural. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Again, the demon, that's almost a statement of worship, you could say. Now, I don't believe the demon was worshiping. But by, its very li- by the demon's very lips, it's acknowledging before all the people, this is who Jesus is. But again, listen to that statement. Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Do you hear the fear in that phrase? It is full of the juice of fear. Demons know who Jesus is and the authority of his name. It's almost a legal thing you could say. Okay? They fear and know what his name, presence, and authority can do to them. Okay, let's go to verse 35. Now Jesus finally speaks here. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, be quiet and come out of him. Let me say it again. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, 
be quiet and come out of him. I want you to say to your neighbor, rebuked. Say it louder. Rebuked. Okay. What is, I looked at that word. Charge sharply as one who is blamable. Censure severely. The word censure means to express strong disapproval. To forbid. When you forbid something, it's like, I forbid this. This is not going to happen. It's a solid thing. It's a, I forbid, you're not going any further. I forbid, you're not going any further. Do you see the authority that Jesus took up in this situation? Amen? And then he said, what, and now what does Jesus do? He says, come out. See, Jesus realized what was going on. Jesus saw by the, the inspiration and the wisdom of the Spirit that this demon was attaching to this man, so we had a we scenario. Jesus knew that this demon's time had come up, and the demon didn't want to go and be destroyed and sent back to the pit. So what does Jesus do in love for the man? Come out. No longer can you have an attachment to this man. And look what happens. And when the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Do you see the love of God there? And did not hurt him? The demon came out of the man who were in a we situation. And God did not allow the man, Jesus didn't allow the man to be hurt. See, God, we, we can get, uh, you know, uh, deliverance ministry all messed up because it can easily be a shame on the person. I'll tell you, since in the last month, looking in the face of demons head on in people that I love, my love for them has gone up, not down. As a pastor, I don't have more shame. It's eradicated shame for the person. Jesus, I love that little detail. And Luke does this. If you love details, little things that are in no gospel, go read. Because he was a doctor. I think he was very meticulous. <laughs> and it did not hurt him. Deliverance isn't met, meant to hurt. It's meant to set free. Deliverance isn't meant to hurt. Jesus wants to set people free and not hurt them. Not hurt their dignity. Not hurt who, their value. Not exploit them. Not shame them. Okay? Okay? And when the demon had thrown in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Our Jesus who rebukes and casts out the demon is also the tender healing healer and protector and defender who doesn't want to see any sheep get hurt. He doesn't want any sheep to break an ankle, to get bruised. Okay, let's go to verse 36 and 37. We'll finish it with these verses. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word this is, for with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits. And what happens? They come out. They all testified there. He commanded, they came out. Let's go to verse 37. And the report about him went out in every place in the surrounding region. Amen? Jesus was made famous. You could say that in modern vernacular. Went to Nazareth. They had wrath. I believe that was the religious spirit at play. And they charged him, wanted to send him off a cliff. Supernaturally goes through them and says, I'm going to go to the synagogue in Capernaum because there's a man who needs set free. 
See, Jesus always moved to where people were hungry, where they wanted to be set free. I believe deliverance or healing is for the desperate. How many of you have been desperate and Jesus met you? Amen? Amen? Okay. So with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits. Mark 16, 17, you don't have to pull this up. You guys know this one well. It's the end of Mark, and this is his great commission by the Spirit. And he says, in my name, they will cast out. Let me say it again. In my name, they will cast out demons. Was that for just the apostles? Does that apply to each one of you here who know Jesus? Yes. You are all called and empowered by Jesus, like the apostles did, to cast out demons in his name. In fact, it was about one-third of his whole ministry. If you study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, about one-third of the stories or so are demons coming out of people and setting them free. Amen? What does Matthew 28, 18 say? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. What authority? Say it again. All. All. Does all mean all? All means all. Jesus, all authority, you've been giving his name to cast out demons. You have the trump card of trump cards. You have the warrant of warrants. You have the eviction notice of eviction notices. Because when you say the name of Jesus, they know that name. Oh, no, shoot. You've come to destroy us. You could have said a thousand. I love what we're saying. It was just so appropriate how the Holy Spirit works this morning. I, I could talk for two hours, and I won't, about how the Holy Spirit has been weaving all this together because he is communicating. I love that our God communicates. Aren't you glad that Jesus communicates? He's clear. He weaves themes for us. Sometimes I don't get it right away, and he has to tell me seven times, 15 times. Amen? Amen. So I'm not the only dense one here. Um, I can be very dense, and sometimes I've had to hurt things a hundred times before I obeyed, but thankful that Jesus is patient. Now, here's the hinge point. We hear all this, and we're like, Jesus, wow. And I just shared how that calls for you. But I want to address person or persons here who go, I've tried and it didn't work. Anyone been there? Or maybe you're just afraid to try, or maybe you did try and there was no effect. Maybe it was healing. So we don't necessarily have to talk just about deliverance. You prayed for healing in Jesus' name and you're like, 99% of the time it's just not happening. I've been there. And you feel like when you've Maybe prayed over a son or a daughter who's been in the demonic and you've casted out those demons and you said, demons, get out of here in Jesus' name. They maybe felt a little relief, but weeks or months later, they're back in the drugs. Has anyone been there? Okay. What's that specifically I want to encourage you with today? I believe that's what we all need to be encouraged with today. Let's go to Romans 5.5. So this is going to seem like a tangent, but it's all going to come back here. I'll just say this, this verse, guys, has been so highlighted to me this last month, and I just think there's so much in this. This is Romans 5.5. 5. Now, hope does not disappoint us because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Amen? Amen. 
Let's read it again because it's really good news. Every word here is amazing. Now, hope does not disappoint us. Hope is confident expectation of the goodness of God. It's not wishful thinking. I hope today will be good. That's the world's version of hope. Biblical hope is today is going to be awesome. Jesus is going to be good. I'm going to be a victor. It's confident expectation. That's what hope is. Hope doesn't disappoint us because what is the foundation of hope? Faith, power, because the love of God, and you can put Father because that's who it's referencing, the love of God the Father has been what? Poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given us. Amen. That fires me up. There is so much revelation in here. See, when I got baptized in the Spirit, who here has been baptized in the Spirit? Glory to God. I, was I endued with power on high? Yes. Praise God. I was endued with power from on high. Did I start praying in tongues? My heavenly language. We did a little of that this morning. Yes. And praise God. How many battles are won when we just get in, in our prayer language? Amen. We don't know what we're saying, but the breakthrough comes. But if you look at the baptism of the Spirit, I believe this verse is the foundation of the foundation of the foundation of what really went on on the deepest level when you were baptized. The love, the very nature of Father, Son, and Spirit, the Father's love was poured into your heart by the Holy Spirit. Let me say it again. The love of Father, Son, and Spirit, the overwhelming love of God was poured into your heart by the Holy Spirit. Woo! So, why is this amazing? It's because we, this introduced something called a new covenant. The word new there means new. Never seen that before. That's one of a kind. As opposed to the old covenant. And through the lips, the prophetic voice of Jeremiah and Ezekiel, at the core of the whole new covenant, if you look at, uh, I think it's Jeremiah 36 and Ezekiel 36, or sorry, Jeremiah 30 and Ezekiel 36, he will give us a new heart, not a heart of stone. And he will move us to obey his law. You see, we're no longer under the law of sin and death. We're no longer under the Old Testament law where if we do these things, we arrive. Jesus has arrived for us, pours out his very nature so that we want to obey the law. Amen? The law becomes a get to, not a have to. I'll say it this way, and as I've been experiencing this more, the, the fulfillment of the law becomes an automatic. You're not conscious because you're so wrapped up in Jesus, the Father, his love for you. See, guys, we're under a new covenant where the love of God moves us to fulfill the law. And guess what? The whole law is summed up in one thing. Love. Love for God, love for neighbor, love for self. And yes, love your neighbor as yourself. You're included. He doesn't want you hating yourself. So if you hate yourself today, he wants to set you free of that. He wants to pour his love into you so you not just love your neighbor. And, and ultimately, you can't really love God or love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. Because you're going to reflect on all those God or others, that false image. But God wants to set you free this morning of that. See, guys, this is the good news, is that 
The new covenant, God performs by the Spirit as we follow the Spirit. God moves us to obey the law. We don't have to strive and strain. And all the religions of the world, you could sum up in, there's some way to get to nirvana. There's some way to arrive. There's some way to balance the scales. There's some way to ascend. Jesus ascended, descended, and ascended for us. Amen? Okay, we're going on a journey here, but it's, it's all going to come together. 1 Corinthians 13. Anyone know what that chapter is about? 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. Okay, I want us to hear this. Hopefully, I just pray in a whole new light. I, how many have heard this scripture most of your life? Has anyone been to a wedding before and maybe heard some of this before? I've heard it probably at 80% of weddings, it's quoted. And it's a great passage to quote. I'm not trying to mock that. But has anyone ever read 1 Corinthians 13 and felt like, I don't measure up? Oh, man, God is loving, and I am I'm not always patient. I'm not always kind. Love is never rude. Ooh, I was just rude. And you could come away with the crushing blow of 1 Corinthians 13. I've been there. I'm just being honest. Am I the only one here? Okay? And we say it at marriages, and we're like, and then you find out because you're best friends with the, the groom that they're fighting two months later. And again, if you've been there, I, I want to encourage you, and it has everything to do with what we were just talking about. Though I speak with the tongue of angels, and as we go through this, I want you to focus on one word, H-A-V-E. Say have to your neighbor. Say have to your neighbor. This is the good news here. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding, a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give up my body to be burned, it's like martyrdom, but have not love, it profits me nothing. That can be a huge blow here, but there's a hidden revelation here. I actually don't believe it's that hidden anymore. It's clear as day. By the Spirit, you can have love. The substance. See, love is something you have or have not. Love is a thing. Love is a substance. Love is a person. Now get this, get this. See, the word poured, remember, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and then we dial in in Romans 5.5, 5, and it says the love of the Father has been poured into our hearts. When something is poured, actual substance goes in. When you were baptized in the Spirit, the actual love of God was poured tangibly, substantially into your heart. And now, this is something I'm learning, and I'm learning it, I don't always learn it quickly. When I find a deficiency in my life, I'm starting to listen more to the Holy Spirit. Oh, I don't, maybe I don't treat others the way that, you know, always, or I have certain thoughts, or whatever it is. The answer is never trying to focus and solve that problem and get better. The answer is, Father, I have a love deficit. Would you pour more of your love in? Because your love will move me and will fill in the gaps. See, when the love's poured in, it begins to fill in the nooks and the crannies and the cracks and the crevices of hurt, of insecurity, of woundedness, of words that were said to you. They were hurtful words, and now you're living them out and projecting them on others. 
His love can fill that in. His love is substance. And if there is a substance, I want to say abuse, but he never abused it. There's a substance we need to get addicted to. It's the love of the Father poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. You see, we can now look back at the lives of Jesus and we see, I believe it was this love in the, by the Spirit in Jesus that really was the authority behind the casting out. Let's go to 1 John four seventeen through 18. And again, as you're tracking, I just think it's so awesome that Pastor Tim went a little longer and one of the last things, Pastor Tim, you said was perfect love. Perfect love. That's this passage here that I want to end with. And guys, listen, in light of all we heard, you know, the whole story of Jesus, you know, rebuking and casting out that demon. We read uh, Romans 5, 5, the love of God poured out in our hearts. We learned that love is something you have or you don't have, right? Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Let me say it again. As he is, so are we in this world. As he is, you could potentially be after 20,000 years of counseling. I'm going there. Let's take the word for what it says. As he is, so are we in this world. John doesn't put qualifiers. He doesn't include 20 deserts in there. This is good news. Why? Because at his essence, his nature is love. His nature's been poured into you. Woo! You have the nature of God if you've been baptized in the Spirit. And if you haven't, people are getting baptized today in the Holy Spirit. And the love of God's going to be poured into you. And it's going to feel like liquid love. Woo! There is no high like the most high. Amen? Okay, I'm done. Yeah. Some of you caught that. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so we are in this world. Verse 18. There is no fear in love. How much fear? None. Say it again. None. None. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. The whole realm of the demonic. But he who fears has been made perfect in love. He who, sorry, he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Okay, where's the good news in this? Fear is the realm of the demonic. Love is the realm of heaven. Fear is the oxygen of the kingdom of darkness. Love is the oxygen of heaven in the kingdom of God. Okay? One will destroy and bring death. One will bring life and fruit. Okay? Perfect. I looked this up. Having reached its end, complete, mature, consummated, developed through the necessary stages to reach the end goal. I want to be perfected in love. The love's in me. But as I yield to that love more, I want it to perfect all of the impurities and false mindsets and insecurities that are left within me. Because then when we walk in perfect love, 
Guess what happens at that? Perfect love has the power to cast out fear. To cast out anything related to the demonic realm. This is a huge reality here. See, I'm going to close. I'm going to land the ship here, and we're going to get to hear a a testimony. Amen. You guys want to hear an awesome testimony today? Okay, so just in a minute or two, I just want to end with this. I want to put it all together. Lord, help me put this all together. It would help me just to read some of these notes. Is that okay? Fear torments. The realm of the demonic. I already said that. Yeah. But the realm of heaven is perfect love. A love that completes and doesn't divide and dismember. This perfect love is uniting, not splintering. When we're under the influence of the demonic, we're splintered. And that's why I love that word shalom. You could say it means like almost a circle. All is well. All the pieces are in place. Because right when you feel his love, not too far along is another expression of his love called shalom. Right? Okay. And I want to end with this. I've had the awesome privilege to look right in the face of many demons in the last month. And I can tell you with all confidence, they cower at perfect love. They cower at perfect love. There is no question of mine. I have seen my eyes have been opened and I go, they're really afraid of Jesus in me and his love. They're terrified of it. They are terrified and they go, uh-oh, my time's up. Now, they don't do that actually. They scream and they, they throw, up, throw a fit because they've probably had some dominion for a while. Okay, They don't want to lose that house. When I feel the fullness of daddy's love and power within me, those demons don't like looking at me. Why? Because they see Jesus. You see, it isn't just the name that they fear. They fear the name when they not only hear it, but they see the nature of the name in the eyes of the one saying it. Come on. Come on. If you can grab this, the answer is not, I got to live up to this. No, go and be so loved and you're going to be so filled with love. It's going to fill all the crevices that when you look and you say the name, the name will have a whole nother level of power because the demon will see the nature of Jesus in you. And when the nature of Jesus, like a double-edged sword, when he sees the nature of Jesus and he hears the name of Jesus, the demon has to go. It's a done deal. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. And I go, oh, Jesus, you're powerful. It's a two key. Because I've said the name of Jesus a lot. And guess what? There was a lot of icky stuff in me. Right? And again, this isn't a law to strive for. It's a, if you feel an inadequacy, that means run to the love of God and say, perfect, get every junk out of me. I don't want any unclean spirits. I don't want any pornography. I don't want any evil thoughts. Because when your love's perfected in me, it casts out fear. It, it's aggressive. It's violent. I heard the Holy Spirit tell me this week. He said, sometimes love looks like turning over tables. And I know the story, but it took on a whole new meaning. I'm like, oh, Jesus, you were loving when you did that. And I don't know. That was like a duh for me. I was like, oh. Even when his aggressive nature came out, the heart of the lamb was there, but the lion came out as well. He's a lion against all that torments you. And this is a freeing message because some of you in this room have been tormented. I'm going to ask... 
a, a brother who I've come to love. He is such a sweet, tender, kind, and strong man. Timothy, would you come up? You guys give a clap, a shout. Let's honor Timothy. You're amazing. Okay, so I'm going to help this guy. I'm going to hold the mic, but he's just going to let Holy Spirit lead. That's what, that was our plan. Does that sound good, like a good plan? Would you simply state what Jesus has done in your life? Well, uh, he's just a miracle for me. He delivered me. Started a couple months back here. Um, I was at my dealer's house scoring some drugs. He started preaching to me. Um, started making me think. I never believed in Jesus before a couple months ago. Um, he started making me think. The next day, I had a friend of mine call me or text me. She said, oh, if you need someone to talk to, she knew I was in a dark place. Need someone to talk to or, you know, you know, need to get out of the house. She said, I can come pick you up. She, so I'm like, yeah, come pick me up. She can't pick me up. She's like, well, where do you want to go? She's like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm having these demons. These demons are after me. I have these demons in me. Their demons are chasing me. Um, and I see him, I see him Eric, my whole neighborhood was filled with him. And uh, she's like, let's go to my dad's house. That's anointed. So that's when I met Eric over here. Raise your hand, Eric. Uh, and I was, seeing, I was seeing 13s all that day. And, and just so happens we're having a 13-year-old birthday party at Eric's that day. Which, so I knew I was in the right place at that point. Um, after, after the party happened, they, they did a, a deliverance on me. They did prayer on me, pulled, pulled demons out of me. Like, I mean, literally pulled demons out of me. I couldn't even... It's hard to even explain what, what even happened because <laughs> it's just Jesus at work. He pulled these. He came. He basically came and found me. Is what is what happened. He came. He came and found me. And the next day, I was here at church with Eric and Selena. Um, and some of you might remember, I collapsed right over here. They drug me off into a side room over here and delivered me fully. Uh, and here I am with just trying to. <laughs> it's hard to even. It's, it's real hard to even explain what, what even happened to me. But I. Like I said, I never believed in Jesus before that week. And that was three days in a row. That was a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday. Three days in a row, a couple months back. Amen, Jesus, right? Come on, Jesus. That was three days. See, Jesus went to Capernaum and found this man. He came and found him. And now he belongs to Jesus. And I just want you to share what happened this past Friday. Um, oh, I graduated from uh, drug rehab. So I got 62 days clean today. Yeah. Jesus. And I know, and you can, you can remain standing here. We're going to about to go in the altar time. And I'll just say this, you know, he would never boast of himself. He's a very humble and tender man. But I got to hear and Eric got to hear for an hour as all his roommates, because it was his last day there, share words of affirmation and encouragement his energy. He's welcoming. He loves. You know, you just loved on them so well there. Yeah. And you've spread that love of Jesus really well in that house. It's in my heart. That's in my heart now. <laughs> so I, be I believe right now um, that there's, yeah. There's just no Go denying him. There's just no denying him. After that, after that event, those three days, there's just no denying him. There's just no way. Amen. Remain standing. Timothy, I believe in my heart, I mean, I, I, I believe strongly, just, just the resistance, I'll just say, and I won't give a sob story, just the resistance to even get on stage today, but how many know our God is good, and he helps us fight in this storm, but I, 
there's no shame. I'm going to say it again. There's no condemnation. This is a house of love from the top to the bottom to the left to the right. And if there's someone who doesn't want to live in love, it'll get cast out of them. Amen. But I just want to say this. I believe there's some of you here under demonic oppression. You're wondering, what does that look like? It's when the addiction, the way of maybe talking nasty to people overtakes you where you're no longer in control because the Deuteronic realm wants to control you and be so closely attached to you that you think it's just me and you beat yourself up. Your days of beating yourself up are over. They're over. So, Timothy, I believe more fitting than anyone here, what encouragement would you have we're going to have an altar call of prayer, but what's your final encouragement to anyone who feels like they're afflicted by demons? Open your heart and let Jesus in. <laughs> Say it again. Open your heart and let Jesus in. Amen. Amen. Yeah, feel free to go back. Thanks, brother. Okay, remain standing here. And so I just, you know, it's about 12 o'clock, and I will just say this. If you're not going to come up for prayer, that's okay. Um, if you have somewhere to go, well, we have Social Sunday, sorry, down the hall. So you can make your way back there, um, talk in the hallway. But I would ask the, the greeters to keep the door shut here. We're going to have an altar call. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up. And a few of us have been designated towards deliverance ministry. That's going to be between here and here. And if needed, you know, we can move into another room here. But I just want to say this this morning. And I'd love to pray for you personally. I'd love to partner with Jesus to see you set free. And I'll tell you, if you feel demonically afflicted by nightmares, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's alcohol. That's something that had a grip on me for a long time. If it's alcohol, if it's pornography, if it's witchcraft, if it's Native American dream catchers, if it's crystals, any of that, those are all gateways to the demonic where we can let the demonic in. Maybe it's sleeping around with multiple partners. I want to tell you today that the blood of Jesus has paid for all of those sins. Do those sins have consequence and effect? And yes, but he is here to forgive and to heal. And if you're bound, he has so much compassion to set the captives free. So I just want to encourage you as Jared's playing and Christy, uh, Pastor Christy is, is singing and playing here. Um, and I would ask that they would, um, you know, maybe lead us in a worship song here. Just search your hearts. I'm going to pray before I release you. Um, but I just pray, come up for prayer. And, and this dropped into my heart too. I have a son, he's not here, but I know he's demonically oppressed. Come and stand in the gap for your son. And one of the prayer team will pray for him that God would do a work in his life. Amen? So it may not be you, but you know you have a son or a daughter or a spouse who's not here today who is afflicted demonically. Again, there's no shame. There's no exploitation. We all want it. This whole team wants to see you set free. And Jesus is in the business of setting the captives free this morning. Okay? So, Father, I just thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, what blessing do you have for these people here? I'm just going to go to Hebrews here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well and pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, 
to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And I just want to say this, if you're having theological issues, I, just a month or two ago, I probably would, I, I did have some theological issues. And let me just tell you this, can a Christian have a demon? Be possessed? No, if you have the Holy Spirit inside, you're not going to be possessed by a demon. Can you be afflicted, oppressed? I like to simply put it demonized. Yes, you can be. I was a Christian for many years. And I know that when the love of the Father came in, the Lord has shown me things were coming out, Matthew things were shooting out of you. I was just so focused on the love that that's all, and that's all had Jesus focus, me focus on. But there was a spirit of anger, spirit of self-hatred, all kinds of stuff coming, flying out of me. So I just want to tell you, Christians can be demonized. And I believe the Lord is showing this in the church because I grew up in a denomination where it's like, no, if you're saved, and so what we do is we spend years and years trying to overcome sin when in one moment he could cast out that demon and you're set free forever. All these accountability groups, oh, lust, and let's talk about our lust. Oh, men, stop talking about pornography and all this. And yet men are controlled by it. Maybe, I'm not saying every time a man's addicted to pornography, there's a demon. But if you're literally controlled by it and you can't overcome and you desire to overcome it and it's been 10, 20, 30 years, there might be a demon lurking there. Remember, they like to hide. So Father, I just thank you right now. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that we're in a Holy Spirit atmosphere. The only spirit welcome here is the Holy Spirit. The only spirit welcome here is the Holy Spirit. And even if you're in the back in your chairs and you're hesitating, you're like, I don't want to be judged by this pastor or this or this. First of all, that's a lie. That's the demon speaking in your ear. And I just say, if there is a demon from hell, this is the, the synagogue, this is the church where this is to be exposed. And I just declare in the name of Jesus, every demon show forth yourself now in Jesus' name. Every demon that needs to come out today, where today is your day of eviction, come up here to the altar in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And God wants to evict that demon in Jesus' name. Amen. And feel free. Guys, this isn't just for those that feel demonized. If you need prayer for sick, if you just need encouragement in your job, just come up to the front. Again, if it's a, you feel like a demonic situation, head to the end of the altar where Barb and Tim and Bev Fish are, and we would love to pray for you right now, okay? So I, guys, I would ask that you just respect the altar time right now. If you have a